0: Hello, welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. This Sunday, Apostle continues in the Word of His Grace series as he preaches a sermon titled Increasing Grace Through Obedience. In this service, Apostle teaches that obedience is better than sacrifice, especially in a time where grace has been given even more abundantly. So grab your Bibles, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Mosaka, Zambia. Be blessed.
1: Um, I'm so glad to see you all today. So today, we're going to be talking about grace through obedience. Grace through obedience. So if you're joining us, we've been talking about grace for the past... uh, How many weeks have we been talking about grace? Um, 13, 14, 15 weeks, somewhere there. And it's been an amazing time, don't you think so? And we've got about... Four or five more weeks to go, hopefully. So help me God. Um, I thought I was done a week ago or two, but it's just amazing. Today we're going to go through a lot of scriptures. Last week, um, we talked about how you can increase grace by humility, by being humble. Today we're going to talk about how grace can increase through obedience, how grace can increase through obedience, okay? Now, in case someone may be wondering what grace is, grace is unmerited favor. Grace is divine empowerment. And we also define grace as a divine exchange. So grace can increase. Grace on a life can increase. Grace on a ministry can increase. Grace on a family can increase grace can increase. And today we're looking at how obedience is an important factor in grace increasing. First, Samuel chapter number 15, from verse 10 up to verse 23. From verse 10 to verse 23. Praise the Lord. You know, I I admire those who get to, there are some who, based on their duties, get to attend both services, As in free meditation. eh? (laughs) And if you ever forget any of these sermons, there's a a problem. Because they get to hear the same sermon. Sometimes with different jokes. So, now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I I have set up Saul as king. For he has turned back from following me, And has not performed my commandments, not the word commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. I made a comment on this that I find it amazing that Samuel had such an intimacy with God that God feeling a certain way affected Samuel. The guy cried out to God all night. Now, for those of you who do not know who Saul was, Saul was the king before David was the king before David, okay? So God had anointed him as king through the prophet Samuel. And then they were given an instruction because they were about to fight the Amalekites. And the instruction that they were given was as follows. Just kill them all. Destroy everything of theirs and kill them all. That's the instruction that they were given. There are other places where they would tell them, okay, you don't need to kill them all. Get ABCD, maybe get from their treasury and can put in the table. But here the instruction was, kill them all. Let's look at it. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel saying, Saul went to Camel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself and has gone around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Uh huh. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. What was the commandment? Kill them all, and don't allow any, like, destroy everything. Okay? Let's go on. But Samuel said, What then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Because Saul had set up a sacrifice. Uh Uh-huh. And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Was that the instruction? Why has it been ordered? Let's go on. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet. I can imagine the same. And I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak on. Uh Uh-huh. So, Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not hand of the tribes of Israel, and did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Isn't that talking about humility? He's saying, when you are humble, did I not make you king? When you couldn't edit an instruction from God, did I not make you king? Let's go on. Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? It's gone. And so say to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, the king of Amalek. He didn't even kill the king. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Watch the blame game now. Uh huh. But the people. This is one of the worst things you can do as a leader. No, me, I'm okay. It's just that the people. But you're the leader. It says, But the people took of the plunder, sheep, and oxen, and the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Uh huh. So Samuel said, And I want you to get this. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Obedience is still better than sacrifice. Why am I speaking like this? And I've, I've deliberately decided to say this while we're, we're doing the great series. Obedience is still better than sacrifice. I'm saying this because sometimes people develop a certain mindset where they will say, okay, you know what? I know there is this area of my life which I've not worked on, but God loves me, so he will keep on forgiving me. And they will make sure that Whenever we're in church, if we ever sing, Oh, the overwalk well, that's their jam. For their own reasons. And leaves the 99. And I don't know how come we are never in the 99. You know, I, I respect the 99. You know why I respect the 99? Because they remained loyal when he went to look for the one. If you've been in a position where you've been that one who's been looked for, If you've been in a position where you've messed up and only God could bring you back. Surely, the only way you can repay God is by giving him such love. If you've read from the scriptures, didn't Jesus say, he who is forgiven much loves much? Then the only way to repay him is to love him more than everybody else. That's the only way to repay him. So, you cannot keep, you you cannot keep depending on sacrifice. There is need for obedience. There is need for obedience. Especially when we now start going to the more delicate matters. Matters such as ministry. Matters such as destiny. Listen. You can end up missing your destiny because you are not obeying. Matters such as destiny can be sensitive. There are times there are no second chances. Matters such as destiny. I'm talking about destiny. Notice the issue here with King Saul was what? Destiny. But I think it's important as believers, just as we continue to depend on and rely on the loving mercies of God, to continuously remember that to obey is still better than sacrifice. So where the will of God is known, obey. Next week, we'll look at how you can identify instructions from God, okay? So obedience, we can define it as compliance, when you're obedient, you're compliant. You are meeting the regulations. You are meeting the requirements. Obedience is compliance, okay? And if we're going to talk about obedience, then we have to talk about instructions. Instructions are directives or orders. So one would say, even in the New Testament, are they there, of course. Didn't Jesus say, he who loves me will keep my commands, there are some which are revealed to everyone, you'll see next week, and then there are some which sometimes God can reveal directly to you. But in line with the scriptures. So, instructions have to do with directives. You understand why when speaking of pastors, haven't you seen what the Bible says, share all good things with your instructor? Have you noted that word? Have you noted the word instructor? Instructor? So, instructions are directives. Directives. Having said that, allow me to give you four key points about obedience. Four key points about obedience. Number one, it is wisdom to learn to identify instructions. I told you today I'll quote you a number of scriptures, eh? Let's look at this. Genesis 17, verse 6. How many of you have heard of a man called Abram who later on became Abraham? We know Abram, right? You know his name wasn't Abraham, right? He was Abram. Then he later on became Abraham, okay? The same way you know that Eve's name was not Eve, right? It was woman, Didn't Eve become? Wasn't she named Eve after she be? Uh, after the fall, did Adam name her Eve? The Bible just says God birthed the woman. Yeah. <laughs> God read it properly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. I also hope you know that Magdalene was not her son. Then. Okay, so. <laughs> The Bible says, this is God talking to Abraham. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. Oh, Lord, that's my word. <laughs> Let's go on. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. All this is still on the first point. The first point is its wisdom to identify instructions, right? Let's continue. And I will give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, or the land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Eesh, that statement, it appears, I think, over 48 times in the Bible, where he promises saying, I will be their God. Something special about it. Uh-huh. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants, after you throughout their generations. Uh This is my covenant which you shall keep. Pay attention. Between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. Next verse. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So before anyone gets concerned, (laughs) because... Someone here may be saying, oh Lord, I get before anyone here gets concerned, you must understand our relationship with Abraham is spiritual rather than physical. That's why you find that in the New Testament, Paul talks about the circumcision of the heart. Why? Because for us, Abraham is our father in the faith. He's a spiritual father. However, the physical ones, were required to do the physical thing. If they didn't do the physical thing, then they were dishonoring the covenant that Abraham had with God. When you study on shadows and types, you understand why that was necessary. Okay? But the physical ones had to do the physical thing. They had to do the physical circumcision. That was the sign of the covenant. Let's now go to Exodus. Chapter 3, verse 6. How many of you remember God meeting Moses and telling him, uh, to go and let his people, to go tell Pharaoh to let his people go. You remember that, right? So in Exodus 3, verse 6, this is God speaking to Moses. And I want you to see this. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Take note. Who did God introduce himself to Moses? As? The God of Abraham. So that means if he's introduced himself as the God of Abraham, then Moses' responsibility was to study what God and Abraham had discussed. Because God was not coming to establish a new covenant. God was not coming to establish something new. There was already something in existence. As a matter of fact, God was coming to Moses as a response to the cry of the children of Abraham. You must be able to understand that. By the way, grabbing wisdom from there, you can also understand how to serve in a ministry when you're not the founder. Understand how it works. Otherwise you might come and say, no, but at that other place, but it's not that other place. (laughs) It's, It's not. Praise the Lord. So what happens when you have to give advice? You must be wise in how you give it. There's a wise way. And it works anywhere, not just in church, everywhere. There's a wise way to advise those above you. Sometimes you advise as a question. Anyways, that's a story for another day. <laughs> just look at the way Abigail advised David. Remember when David wanted to kill Abigail's husband? Then Abigail came and said, my husband is a fool. If you kill him, his blood will be on your head. You've not read that? You know, read the, the Bible, has got interesting stories. Imagine the girl just, she dropped him and said, you know, my husband is a fool. <laughs> now... You, you remember, you've read it, right? And for sure, the guy had an issue. Later on, David married her after her husband died. Anyways, <laughs> back to the scripture. <laughs> so, moreover, he's saying, I'm the God of your father. So afterwards, God gives Moses a number of instructions, right? And then in chapter four, God sends Moses to Pharaoh. I want you to read chapter 4. Let's read from verse 22. In verse 22, this is God speaking to Moses, right? He says, then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. Uh Uh-huh. So I say to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. I hope you now understand why he touched the firstborn. Because they touched his firstborn. But I want you to see verse 24. It might surprise you huh, and it came to pass on the way on the way where? on the way to Egypt at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him hold on like God <laughs> like what's going on with you you've just sent me to Egypt then on the way God meets him and Wanted to kill him. Amazingly. But thank God he had a good wife. Look at the next verse. Then Zipporah, that was Moses' wife. Remember uh, daughter of Jethro when she, she used to be a shepherdess? Then Moses came and did his thing. Okay. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskill of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, surely you are a husband of blood to me. Next verse. So he let him go. Who let him go? God let Moses go. Then she said, you are a husband of blood because of the circumcision. So what was the error Moses made here? God comes and says, I'm the God of your father Abraham. What must you do? Understand the covenant between God and Abraham. And in the covenant between God and Abraham, there was an instruction that all children should be, all every male should be circumcised. So, failure to identify an instruction. Moses would have become a statistic. Wouldn't even have known about him. And let's be honest, if you study the story of Moses, Moses' assignment was not to lead the people to the wilderness. His assignment was to lead them to the promised land. How many of you know that he did not finish his assignment? You know why he didn't finish his assignment, right? There's an instruction he missed. Do you remember? He was told to strike the rock. He struck it, water came out. The second time he was told to speak to the rock, he struck it, water still came out. But he had missed the instruction. And in the New Testament, it's revealed that that rock was Christ. So by striking it the first time, it was showing that Christ had to be stricken for the Spirit of God to be released. But then afterwards, he never had to be stricken again. All we had to do was speak, and the Spirit of God would be. But what do you do? You crucify Jesus twice. So it was an error that couldn't allow him to be in the promised land. Let's continue. <laughs> Number two, obedience... Increases intimacy and friendship with God. When we talk about friendship with God, there are some people who think it's what the members call "lation." Yeah. Dinaoko. Yeah, so I was saying, you know, it's important to know these words. For those who don't have understanding of the Zambian dialect, Ichimeleshi uh, means... <laughs> okay, it's talking about some form of familiarity. It sounds so strange in English, eh? But, but there are people who think that friendship with God means that. If you wanted to study how friendship with God should operate, I would advise you to read on Abraham because Abraham was called the friend of God. Have you noticed the way Abraham related with God? Have you noticed when Abraham was interceding over Sodom, he didn't say, hey, God, my homie, what are you about to do in Sodom? No, no, no. Abraham goes before God and says, "If I have found, since I have found favor in your eyes, I beseech you. You can tell there was still reverence there. God doesn't give friendship to those who don't reverence him. That's why even the disciples were only called friends after they had known the will of the Father. You remember that, eh? That's when he said, I now call you friends. Intimacy with God increases through obedience. John 14, verse 15, Jesus says, "Uh Uh-huh, if you love me, you obey what I command. So you only show your love for Jesus really by obeying what he commands. And then if you read over in verse 21, notice something that he says. I want you to see something that's preserved. uh, 21. 14, chapter 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. No, you, you are not reading really wrongly. He didn't actually say he's already loved. He said will be loved. That shows you that there is intimacy that's only preserved for those who obey. No, notice it's, it's a scriptures, it's Jesus' own words. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them. That's the one who loves me. And that one will be loved by my father. And I will love him. And I will manifest myself to him. They are, they are encounters, their are, they are realms of God's glory, one will not experience until they learn to obey. There's that place of obedience. Praise God. Number three, God partners with those who obey him. God partners with those who obey him. Notice the people in the scriptures, you observe that when they obeyed him, God partnered with them. Mark 16, verse 15. Jesus gives an instruction. He says, Go, Mark 16, 15. He says, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. That's an instruction. Give me verse, verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Uh And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs Amen. The Lord working with them. Why was the Lord working with them? Because they were obeying. How were they obeying? They did what he instructed. Obedience offers God a platform to work with you. Imagine what would happen if you start obeying him over the instructions over your life. You offer God a platform to work with you. I can tell you of story after story after story after story where God has worked with me because of obedience. Story after story after story. Story after story after story, I can tell you. Some years ago I had a dream. Uh, in that dream I received an instruction and I was told, Go host a meeting in Johannesburg. Like <laughs> you know you get up in the dream and you're like, seriously Lord? And it says, Go host a meeting in Johannesburg. How? <laughs> so many questions is the how I had already been to South Africa once. I was invited. It's easier if you're going somewhere else and you're invited. I was go host a meeting in Johannesburg. So I told my team, and you know, God has blessed me, the good team. They don't, if I say, the Lord has said, let's do this. When I'm saying jump, they're already in the air and then they'll be asking how high. <laughs> and so God just said, go host a meeting in Johannesburg. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it. And we, so we started saving up. We bought the flight tickets. We paid for a venue that signed. Uh, did every, had a band. <laughs> <laughs> and went to Johannesburg to have a meeting because God said go have a meeting in Johannesburg. Um, powerful meeting. I got to have another, I go to have an overnight as well <laughs> in the area. And the meeting, not that big, not my usual big, you know. But interestingly, the day I was about to start off, the Lord, I literally, I remember I was in my room. I think it was a night before or a few days before. When I was lying down, I was awake. You know that moment where you're awake? but then you're still putting pressure on yourself to get up. I know some of you have been experiencing this in June, especially this period. Uh, So I remember I was lying down there, and suddenly I could tell someone was in the room. I could tell, and I knew this is the Lord Jesus. Everything in me knew this is the Lord Jesus. Everything in me knew that. And he stood. I didn't see him, but I... I I saw him, but I didn't see him. But he stood. And then he speaks to me in a language I didn't know. And his words were, and he walked out. Now, interestingly, that's a South African dialect. Okay? That's a South African dialect, and it means Father of Nations. That's a South African dialect, actually. Could be I I am struggling to do the click, but it I think it is Kosa. I should have clicked. Kosa. Subna. And a language I have no idea about, by the way. Uh, that has only happened to me two, three times. But another time earlier on during the earlier on he spoke to me in uh Tumbuka. And so that period was Hebrew. Then after you have to go check. You know, there was a Greek as well in a dream. Like The Greek word for this is this. Then you wake up again, like, eh? okay. Then you go, go to your dictionary and so on. You know one of these things that we all love to do every now and then. So, I don't know why he's saying, go have a meeting in Johannesburg. But if you'd ask me, if all that was so that he could come and say that, then praise God but one thing that it did, it taught me a bit on how to do foreign meetings. And the other day, you know that thing that was going on you know, during COVID period we we're all bored, so we we're all posting statuses, hey, where did we meet Shan 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 okay? And uh, yeah. I posted one of those on Facebook. And then there's a person who commented and the person said, we met in Johannesburg. I came for your meeting and I got healed of A, B, C, D. I was thinking, I'm not sure about the others, but could it be that God can send you to another nation, spend all that money on tickets and on accommodation and all those things because one person prayed? Could it be? by obeying God, you get to partner with him in helping many people in their lives. Imagine how heaven will be like, where you're standing and then somebody comes and says, it's you, right? And you're like, Ooh, it's you. You don't know me, and you know, our minds won't function in this, like the way we are now. You don't know me. Like, Do you remember that you spoke at my school once you came and you just said, I believe in you. You will make it in life. That changed my life. You never know what the cost of obedience is. For me, the healing anointing started a lot through obedience. I was on a bus. Oh, I'm telling you a lot of stories. Just two more. Eh? I was on a bus. I think I should have been 15, 16, somewhere there. And I 17, I'm not sure. 16, I think. And I, I remember I was on a bus going to town and there was this lady on the phone, and she was sitting next to me, and uh, very nice accent, and so she, you know, she kept talking. Ah, then, then next, the topic changed, she was taking the person on the phone, my back is killing me. I was like, oh no, no. I know the Lord is going to tell. I even knew. I, I knew. I knew. I was just trying to close my, I was trying to close my spiritual ears, and I knew, and he said, Fred. like, Lord, it's a bastard. Friend,
0: <laughs>
1: the moment she was done with the call excuse me <laughs> uh, yeah how can I help you um, I noticed you talking about your back having issues can I pray for you okay <laughs> in the name of Jesus be healed <laughs> and I remember she looked at herself I need your number <laughs> That would have never been unlocked without obedience. Never been unlocked without obedience. Are there times where I've obeyed and then maybe a person resists? Like maybe the Lord leads you to we'll preach someone and they resist. Yes. Even Jesus obeyed coming on earth and the people killed him. <laughs> but at the end of the day, his words, he even said, My words and my miracles will be a testimony against you. So, it's not always that when you obey, the people will respond. They still have free will. But there's, there's a partnership with God that comes through obedience. There's a partnership with God. I can tell you story after story, but right? <laughs> let me just go to the next one. But I can tell you story after <laughs> as stories. Okay. As stories. I've had meetings which have gone horribly because I didn't know I still remember the worst WEM conference we ever had. Well, there are two bad ones. Funny thing is that the people don't know. Mm-hmm. All of us were involved walked out in our hearts. We knew mm-hmm. this was horrible. There was one conference where no one got healed. Like, very few people got healed. And a lot of people came for healing. And I knew the reason why. Afterwards. There are certain things we didn't deal with internally. There was another time I remember the Lord literally told me, do this, do this, then they are stop and then focus on this. You go to the front, yeah. you start feeling this. But the Lord told you that. You go for what you're feeling. There is you just start noticing the oh Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Or maybe when we do a ministry class, I can tell you, because I'm very aware of them. I, I know specific ones after a meeting, I had to go and repent because I knew that day the Lord said, focus on the baptism of the Spirit. Ah, well, you got carried away by one or two healings. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Anyways, number four. Maybe we should remind me, maybe one day we have a ministry class. I'll talk about it. Faith, primarily, is an act of obedience. As I was meditating yesterday on on the sermon, the Lord asked me a question. He said, what comes to your mind when you think about faith? You know what I replied? Declarations. And he said, the first thing that should come to your mind is obedience. The people who we follow as heroes of faith, some of them, we don't even know their declarations, but we know their obedience. Beyond the declarations and everything, As a matter of fact, the declarations are very important because they are scriptural, but they should be as a result of obedience. I want us to see this. Hebrews chapter 11. Who's the father of faith? It's Father Abraham, right? Here's what the Bible tells us about Abraham. And I want us to read it together. One, two, three, go. By faith, Abraham, uh uh-uh, with power. I want us to read it with power. One, two, three, go. By the way, you want to see where this verse goes? I can show you. Next. Uh Uh-huh. He went out not knowing where he was going. Give me the next verse. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the promise. Read verse 20 together. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> Abraham refused to build a house. He was living in tents because he was looking for a city. <laughs> <laughs> so something was Anyways, what I'm trying to say is this. Abraham, we call him the father of faith because primarily what he did is he obeyed. He obeyed. So faith is actually obedience. Faith is obedience. It's obedience to God's word. And this obedience to God's word results in believing and it results in action expressed through declarations and expressed through actions and the like. But you've not yet said understanding faith if you don't understand the aspect of obedience. That's why the disciples got the results saying that they obeyed. So faith is obedience. That's what separates it from being positive. Because with faith, you're not just trying to be positive. You're obeying God's word. You're believing his word and obeying it. Next week, I will share with you how you can identify instructions from the Lord. Because if you struggle to identify instructions, how will you be obedient? Notice, Jesus didn't just say, he who obeys my commandments. John 14, 21, look at what he said. John 14, verse 21. Read it together. One, two, three, go. Go has like, and keeps them. So sometimes the struggle is people don't have them. They don't know how to identify them. How many of you are looking forward to life? Have you been blessed?
0: Okay.
1: I'd like every eye closed for a moment. Is there any person here who's saying, Apostle, I'm not born again. I'm not saved. I'd like to give my life to Jesus. Maybe I've walked away from the path, and I just want to set my life straight. Is there anyone? Just raise your hand. Anyone who is not saved. Is there any hand? Please tell me if there's a hand. Okay. I'm glad we're all saved. If. Okay, I'm glad we are. However, if anyone has questions on that, you can come through to my office later. Nevertheless, there's something that I have to mention. There's something that I have to mention. And uh, when I was preparing this message, the first thing I did was I prayed for myself. My prayer point was as follows. I prayed saying, Lord, for every instruction I've missed, I'm sorry. For every dream which was from you, but I didn't pay attention to it. I didn't write it down when I should have. And perhaps it had an instruction forgive me for every instruction which I've clearly known but maybe i have just not enforced properly I'm sorry about that forgive me afterwards I took time to pray for you I was praying Lord the people that you've given me any instruction they may have missed have mercy on them have mercy maybe even as a ministry anything that we may have not done clearly have mercy and I would like us to pray in that direction is that okay Let's pray. Just pray for yourselves. Just pray, Lord. As you are praying, because of God's mercy, you know what's going to happen? Some dreams will come back. Some visions will come back. Some things you missed clearly will come back. Some opportunities will come back. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Lord, as you commanded me, I speak as your servant. Instructions over their body. Divine health. The chemicals in your body, the hormones in your body, all of them, I instruct them in Jesus' name to align to divine health. I speak instructions over your mind. It's joy, peace. It's joy, peace. It's joy and peace. In the name of Jesus. I speak instructions over the corporate world. There's a place for you. There's a huge income for you. I speak instructions over the business world. That in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You have your portion. You have your good inheritance. I speak instructions over the earth. You are experiencing the goodness of god in this land of the living those things that you've been desiring those desires of your heart i decree and declare in the name of jesus they have no choice but to come to pass but they have meeting. in jesus name we may say the grace now the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you all amen surely
0: Service. I've been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on plus 260953 756076 or plus 260977474679. If you are unable to call us, you can email us on thecityofthelordsambia at gmail.com or reach us on the Facebook page at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.